Hey, I'm Alexander Garrett, and a uh, cool thing here, we're doing a video audio simulcast here on Spreaker.com and YouTube.com with my friend who I literally just met yesterday, Marty Bronstein. And by the way, um, we've been trying to record this, finally getting it on tape, and now on video, which is very cool. Marty, first of all, welcome to the broadcast. And uh, how, how's everything going tonight? Very well. <laughs> Same well, here. We Same hope here. it will go well, right? <laughs> right. Now, now, tell me why you were at the National Publicity Summit last night. Yes. I've come out. I have a book titled Two Among the Righteous Few, a story of two Dutch Christian rescuers in the Holocaust. And I've been on quite a journey with it now into its ninth year. And I came to the summit because I'm always looking to see if we can help get the message of the power of the story out further. And Obviously, you and the media can be helped to, to that. Two Among the Righteous Few, you've got a huge story behind this, so let's get into this. Why did you write it? Why did it become a Jefferson Award-winning book, by the way? Yes. Well, I'll go to the latter part of your question on the Jefferson Award, and that comes from an organization called Multiplying Good that recognizes people who do service to the community and good for the country. And it was started in 1972 by, among others, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. And what I've been doing and now into my ninth year, over 700 events, is I've done to a variety of organizations from schools, places of faith, workplaces, that people say thank you for this inspirational story and the powerful messages of, like, unity and respect, so keep going. So that's, you know, that's where the award came from. To the first part of your question, you know, why, why I wrote it, it's the story I stumbled into by accident on a trip to the Netherlands with my wife in May of 2009, where I met the five children of these two rescuers, the stories about their parents, Franz and Mean Weinacher, not alive today, but they are two real heroes and who have gotten the heroic honor of righteous among the nations, the honor for the non-Jews who risked their lives to try to help save the lives of Jews during the Holocaust. And, and uh, tell us a little about that story. And by the way, when you first approached me here at the National Publicity Summit, you said, you know how divisive the, the culture has been around anti-Semitism? I said, I know exactly. I'm in talk radio as a producer. I know exactly what's going on. And yeah. while people put this on Trump, let's not hold, let's not forget that the Congress women in Congress have also been you know, responsible for this and other Democrats as well. It's a bipartisan effort, I, I fear, that's yeah. leading to all of this. But you say, let's eliminate the divisiveness. Let's actually talk about this. And I feel like this trip, you've done this 700 times uh, over, what, nine years. But this yeah. time seems very meaningful. And to bring it to New York has to mean the world to you. Oh, absolutely. And what's interesting is this actually is my sixth time. You know, I'm based in the San Francisco Bay Area. Sixth time coming out to New York because I keep meeting people who say, come on back. And they've helped arrange the events. And what's been interesting in the last few years in particular to what you're raising, Alex, is that this story actually sparks people expressing the concern about the polarization, the divisiveness, and that we need more stories like this to remind us of the positive values like unity and respect we need to promote stronger in this country today. It's neat that this story does that for people. And that's why it's always exciting to come here to New York to touch people with this inspirational story. And so what is the story? Get, get into the meat and potatoes of this, because obviously you now are on tour in New York, but why, what, what, what's about this story that's so meaningful? Yes, no, great question. This is a young married Dutch couple here during World War II. 
They have four little children under the age of five when they get going into this, not even by design, but just a request for help leads to them all of a sudden starting to build a rescue operation, creating a network in their local little villages in the countryside to hide Jews in their they took on sometimes up makes this so remarkable that they miraculously saved everybody that they were able to directly help, which is over two dozen Jews from certain death. Well, that's amazing. And we, your, your Skype or my Skype cut out. Can you say that last part a little bit uh, more before the two dozen saving two dozen Jews part? Because the Skype cut out a little bit there. Ah, uh, okay. Yes, I'll, I'll repeat that again. And and what was amazing is that in the end. Franz and me and Weinacher saved the lives of over two dozen Jews from certain death, and miraculously, nobody got caught. Well, and, and how were they able to do that? I'm sure you're going to get into this at your talks and all that, but how were they able to do this? That's right. Oh, I appreciate you asking. They, they you know, a combination of ways. Uh, again, didn't start out by design. The request for help, and they sneak a young Jewish girl who happened to be a friend of Anne Frank's out of Amsterdam to their home in the countryside. And then one thing built after another. And eventually there was a resistance group that helped focused on just hiding people from the German authorities that reached out to Franz and me and said, would you do more? And that's when the whole rescue operation just took off. And then they were getting some funding to support them. And that's when he started recruiting to build the rescue network of placing Jews in other people's homes. And that was quite unusual. And they, again, faced many challenges and dangers, but pulled it off in the end. We're talking to Marty Brownstein. Now, he has a website, MartyABrownstein.com. I met him at the National Publicity Summit yesterday. Thanks for coming over, by the way. It was a great conversation. We literally hit it off like that, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. No, you're, you showed interest and understanding right away, which is always appreciated. Now, uh, you have this program called the Make a Positive Difference Program, uh-huh. and, and get into that a little bit. And then I want to talk to you about the news of the day, because obviously— this ISIS terror leader gets killed. How, yeah. is that, uh, how is that a benefit not only to the world but to the Jewish community? Yes. Well, whether it's a benefit to the Jewish community or not, you know, when you have evil go away, that's good for all good people. Absolutely. And, you know, and uh, it, oh, go ahead. I just added, you know, and it's a year or so now since the Tree of Life Synagogue terrible anti-Semitic attack. And so I think the reflections on that of what was needed, at least on the good side, people came together. There, again, is the unity that that provoked. And so we need to remember these things and keep working hard to keep the uni- unity going strongly. So and, those are the things that I think this does. Well, I was going to say, so your message obviously brings unity together. And you include yeah. the workplace. Um, you include a surprise, which we won't get into here, but that's <laughs> why people should come and see you. We'll get to the dates in a second yeah. there. Um, but how did God... How is God playing a role in your journey telling the story? Yes. Well, interesting you ask that, too, because when you're at when I'm in places of faith, sometimes we hear it. And we just started our speaking series in New York here earlier on Sunday, and I was at a church. And so the faith based people often say, you know, God meant for you to do this, you you're really the messenger and it's a divine intervention kind of thing that you're helping spread this good message and this inspirational story. Now, when I take this into a variety of venues, many more that are not faith-based, of course, that doesn't come up, but many will comment, you know, I see an equivalent way of, you've really 
kind of meaningful purpose you're doing. And this story is important, so please keep sharing it. So in both cases, it's, it's related that this kind of story really is what people don't know and want to hear because it's so positive, inspirational, and respect. And with respect to the workplace, because I find that interesting, yeah. is it, is it uh, a way to handle sensitive topics around your fellow Jewish coworkers? Is that how you approach What is the workplace idea? Here? Yeah, yes. And that's the workshop I formed you made a reference to titled Making a Positive Difference. And that uses the power of storytelling when I do my storytelling on this story, which people often think, you could actually do that in a workplace. Yes. And then history teaches wonderful lessons. Stories teach wonderful lessons. And then we take it in the workshop to go, all right, take away the life and death risk that Franz and Mean Weinacher faced. But let's talk about what lessons of character you can apply to make a positive difference in doing your job. And that then gets into respect for diversity, regardless of one's background. It gets into serving your customers well, leading your people in positive ways and staying connected. And these kinds of things come out. So I used to have a business management career. This has taken me back using that experience to say, hey, this will work in workplaces. It was actually one of my former clients that suggested it that's got me going on that, and we're increasing that way. How uh, how was being that? And I guess this was a huge shift from being in that management world. Oh, definitely, definitely. This was not planned originally. And here I am, this unexpected journey now into its ninth year of sharing this story and sometimes others about heroes of the Holocaust, Jews and non-Jews who stood up to the Nazi tyranny with resistance and rescue. And and I'm glad to talk about the resistance because, you know, I'm looking through the notes here through our conversation. Right. Yes, people are talking about how polarized we are. People are blaming... uh, German Chancellor Angela Merkel for the whole immigration issue, letting all these refugees in. But she's actually had a positive influence when it comes to honoring those who did resist against Nazi Germany. Yeah, yeah. And you touched yeah. on this. Yes, no, no, it was a good reference you're making there. And uh, I go to the point in July of this summer, this past summer, it was the 75th anniversary of an, uh, the attempted assassination on Adolf Hitler in the war. And she was in a commemoration of those who attempted that. And she spoke out to even honor any and all who were involved in resistance during the war as people we can learn from today. So that was kind of reinforcing me. I represent those people. And she even spoke out about her concerns of the rising tide of nationalism, racism, and anti-Semitism, that we need to have people like these resistance folks. All of us should be speaking out against this. All of us should be promoting respect with one another. So this is a world leader who I think gets it. So you feel nationalism is tied to anti-Semitism? Because I tend to separate it, but, but bring us a little more into that conversation. Well, you not that it's tied to it, but often when people are putting my nation is the best and the greatest and all others who aren't like that don't fit in, that's when you get the anti-immigration sentiment, the anti-Semitism, other forms of racism come out. There's the us against them right. versus... No, it, we're all human beings here. That's right. No, it's a very interesting point you bring up and something that um, I'm for regulating immigration, but we can't keep everybody out. That's the that's the issue at heart here. And so, this is where our country, our Congress and president have not come through to, well, then create some reform and come up with legislation. Right. Versus just stay polarized in your positions. We still get nowhere. 
So, and I, I mentioned this off air yesterday, although we did this twice, but finally we're getting it done. I mentioned <laughs> this to you. Why not tag Germany? Why not tag Angela Merkel? And to get your conversation involved, kicked up to that office of the chancellor, because maybe you guys can work together to bring this, and maybe Washington can work with you to bring this message, because clearly someone's got to help them do it. They're not thinking about it on their own. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly if I always look at any audience that I can share the message of this using this inspirational story to promote those messages like unity and respect, anyone and everyone who had would have interest and could help me do it, I would be very open to it. Now, here, here's the great part. You can actually meet Marty this week. And if any of this conversation intrigues you, I've got a few spots where he's going to be at, including Battery Place, the Museum of Jew Jewish Heritage, on Tuesday, October 29th. Take us through your itinerary in New York. By the way, you're a San Francisco guy, so I, yeah. I bet you love coming to the coast, uh, this coast. That's right. Every time That's right. Can. Except in the winter. Okay. Yeah. And except when it rains too much. But otherwise, yes. And so, yes, as you mentioned, the, the I've got three more public storytelling events and two others that will be in schools. But the public ones, Come One, Come All, is at the Museum of Jewish Heritage there, Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. on October 29th. Then on Sunday... November 3rd, um, at Congregation Bethor in Belmore on Long Island. And then on the last event, Wednesday, November 6th, 7 p.m., commemoration of the event Kristallnacht. What's very neat about this one, it's a synagogue hosted, hosting it with two churches also. And it's, it's uh, at Sutton Place Synagogue there in Midtown Manhattan. On the, I think Mideast there, I think you've got the exact address. So come one, come all. And I'll just add in there, you're making inferences, so we'll tell them a little bit. One of the things that people will see on the event flyers is he has a very meaningful personal connection to the story and its heroes. Uh, I'm smiling because I know, but I won't say it. Reveal that to the end. Yes, but that's kind of the hook. We hope you all will come. As I did it this morning at a, the first place, a, a church, uh, the audience was just surprised and even more so. Well, and and I got to ask you because I asked you this yesterday: How did the publicity summit folks, the panel, and all the press? How did they react to your story? What was that like? Yes, well, you know, obviously some that didn't fit for them, but those who did. People like you and, and many others that I'll be following up with, uh, they, again, were intrigued. And they were even thanking me, whether it could fit for their show or not, of saying, wow, that sounds like good work you're doing, good messages you're spreading, keep it up. But those who we could, at least in the short period, get a little bit into the story said, I can see why that's inspiring. Well, and I can too. And we got to get you after your big tour of New York. Tell us what reactions you got from the big reveal, from just sharing the story and maybe this podcast, maybe this interview, maybe Marty's story can help bring a positive to, and, and obviously it's a very tragic event, but bring a positive message to the current rise and maybe help combat the rise of anti-Semitism, which you were in Brooklyn last night. It's still happening in Brooklyn. It's unbelievable. And even our mayor mm. can't address it or won't address I don't know. It's, it's very mm. strange. There's not enough. Uh, coverage of there's not enough oomph to say hey let's stop this it's just well it happened again and and, and we can't have that well it happened okay. again let's find the people let's just say can we end it 
that that's the bottom line. And yes. maybe your message we, will inspire that. Yeah, I, I hope so too. Well, Marty, this was special. This was great. Uh, I, I'm glad I got you face to face, literally. And uh, you can find this on YouTube. You can find this on Spreaker.com and elsewhere. Marty, have a beautiful night, and uh, we will see you Tuesday. Thank you very much, Alex. All right. I'm Alexander Garrett, keeping it real once again this Sunday. Wow, Sunday already. Have a great night, everybody. See you. Thank you, Marty. You betches. So did this one work then? This one worked, and it got through this, the board, so we, we are good. We are good. All right. So, so when does it post and show? Almost immediately. As soon as I get it all edited and everything, it's going to be perfect. So.